Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders! Go, food needs refill! Well, we've hit mid-June, this mid-June edition. Actually, it's later third of June, isn't it? Wow, time is flying. Here on this edition of The Bar, the Harp on Sports Media Podcast and Audio Network. Of course, the whole gamut. Harp on Sports Twitter, Harp on Sports Instagram, HarpOnSports.com. Of course, this, the Harp on Sports Facebook page. Find us, like, follow, share, share, follow, like. Harp on Sports YouTube channel as well. Okay, what do we have in store for you this evening? A little SEC HBCU sign, a little flag face palm, and Brett Favre's forecast in regards to what he had to say this weekend about Colin Kaepernick. A little bit of a late start here on this Sunday. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us here uh, a little bit later, but still going to get it done. Oh, by the way, I am hosting all week long on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM WRUF. It's my show started are going to start a little bit later this summer. Uh, be hosting all week long here on ESPN Gainesville from noon to 2. Where to start? We're going to start with this SEC sign, if you will. This is my idea. So many different people try to do different things, think that they are going to help. When they're not, they're not. It, it changing, and I, and I did this two weeks ago, changing your profile picture to a black screen is worthless. It really is. It's meaningless. It is. So many people say that they're going to do something, but unless something is actually done to back it up, those words are meaningless. If I say I'm going to give you a million dollars, unless I actually give you a million dollars, it doesn't matter. If I say I'm going to buy you a beer, unless I physically buy you a beer, it does not matter. It doesn't. Money is worth what money is worth because the federal government backs it. So how are we going to start to back things behind it? What are you actually going to physically do? This is my idea. Where we are right now with... Race relations in this country, it's not in a good place, right? Open conversations are taking place. What's the next step? The next step is a conference to actually step up and say, you know what, we got a plan, we got an idea. I actually have two plans, and I'm going to use the Southeastern Conference because it's where I live. And that is an alliance between the Southeastern Conference and HBCUs. And if you're saying, what's an HBCU? Oh boy, let that fun begin historically black colleges and universities. Um, I was trying not to laugh because I know some people don't know what it is. Here's the thing. You're going to be part of the solution. And if you're going to be part of the solution, you actually have to do something about it. What I would love to see, and you can even do it this year, if we get to a point this year, this year, with football games, where we're kind of caught, we're kind of caught, and teams can't travel as much as they would like to, teams can't travel across the country and stadiums are completely socially distant, which means no fans. If you guys keep going out to bars and restaurants and keep infecting everybody as we spiked, what is our, the most amount of coronavirus testing positives that we've had in six weeks? And this week was the worst week we've had since mid-April. Keep going out and screwing around. See, you're going to cost yourself your fall. You're going to cost yourself football. Can't stop from going to a bar or restaurant in July, in June. You're going to cost yourself football season. You are. You're going to cost yourself football season. So buckle up, Cowboy, if you want to continue to do this. I look at things as realistic, and I don't know if you're going to get football with fans this fall. I don't. 
So here's my plan. The whole point of this, right, is to help out. And the SEC can do its thing rather than post meaningless graphics on Instagram and social media. If you can't travel across the country and space is limited and you can't fill stadiums, what's wrong with an SEC team playing at or hosting an HBCU this year? If you have to adjust the schedule, if you have to adjust the schedule, here's an opportunity to make some money. And maybe not even this year, maybe next year, the year going forward. There's a bunch of schedules out there in football. And the SEC is notorious for this. Of scheduling one gigantic cupcake a year and pawning it off as, hey, we got to help those small programs. Well, you have dozens of HBCUs that could benefit from this. The SEC should lead the charge. To have, a, to have an HBCU showcase this year, next year, the following year. It'd be tough to do it this year. I understand it would be tough to do it this year. But if it's one of these things where, hey, we can't really travel around the country and you know we're going to be playing in empty stadiums, here's your chance to go to an HBCU. Could you imagine Florida playing at Alcorn State or Georgia playing at Howard? That'd be great. Notre Dame's already canceled their trip with uh, against Navy in Ireland. They're going to play at Navy for the first time in what? 80 years or whatever it is? The SEC as a whole should have a showcase weekend. You can do it to start the year. I know they like to have those tune-up games right before the big showdowns at the end of the year, with the exception of a couple, right? What Florida play? Thousand? Presbyterian, some of these teams, Nickel, Georgia played Nickel State a couple years ago. Come on. We could take a step back and look at this and look at teams around this country and say, wait a second, that's an HBCU. That's If you want to raise the platform and raise opportunities, here's a great way to start. You want to get money into a program? Cut a $750,000, $800,000 check for an HBCU. If you're going to beat up on a FCS program on the field, you might as well make it beneficial to them. And if you really, you know, a rising tides, rise all ships, right? Here you go. HBCU game every year. At least for the foreseeable future. Well, the schedule is already done in advance. Ah, come on. If you want to get it done, this is the year you can do it. And not only if we continue the path that we're continuing right now, which you can't stop going to bars and restaurants and keep flooding areas, malls, and good gracious, other platforms, and just getting everybody. It's like, oh, coronavirus is over, getting everybody sick, and the numbers spike, and we come out and we find out, all right, we, we can do football, but fans can't be there. What a great opportunity for showcases. on t- More people are going to be watching TV than ever with football fans aren't in the stands. You're going to have, think about that. If you have 70,000 seat stadiums, which in the SEC and the Big Ten, there are more, I get it, ACC, depending on the school, and you have, I'm just going to be a nice guy in here and say 30, 70,000 seat stadiums, which you have more than that, but let's just say you just have 30 full every Saturday, that's 2.1 million people going to be watching TV now. What a better way to highlight things. Highlight HBCUs. Some conference, you really want to get ahead of this game? You want to do the right thing rather than just post images on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter 
an HBCU showcase. And not only do it in football, do it in basketball. Do it in basketball. HBCU. Go play in an HBCU gym. I think that would be great to see. Again, and I keep bringing them up as an example, but I think that would be great, awesome to see Florida play at Howard. I would. It would be great. All the schools, you know, and I know Florida A&M, I know we we have some here in in the state, but I think it would be great. You know, Savannah State. Now, Savannah State couldn't hold – capacity they're not quite ready for that and i know they've kind of gotten kicked around and moved around a little bit but you get the idea so hbcu sec sign of the times you want to do something that's impactful instead of just posting images are the sec had come out and say okay you know what it's this year i don't know if it's fat we can't really turn it around fast enough but you know we went through and looked and all these schedules aren't full, and we can get out of this. We can move this here. We would love nothing more than in 2021, the first two weeks of the year, every SEC school is going to play an HBCU. And you're going to play them at their place. You'll pack it, make a ton of money. It'll be great. Or, you know, if you want to bring them to your place, I'm okay with either of these things. I just don't know what generates more money. It depends on the school, right? What's going to generate more money? Georgia playing at Howard and Howard keeping the whole gate or Howard going to Georgia and Georgia cutting Howard an $800,000 check. Depends on how we are fans in the stands, coronavirus vaccine, all those things. So there you go. But if you want to go to a football game or any have any chance to go to a football game, you got to quit going to bars and restaurants. Got to quit going out. You're going to have to sacrifice your summer for the fall. If you want football, and I want to go and I want to watch. If you want football, you are going to have to sacrifice your summer of screwing around for the fall. You just are. I'm hey, okay. I know it's beautiful out. It's gorgeous out. I was outside today. I got burned mowing the yard, right? I can sacrifice my summer for the fall. I go to the beach. I've been going to the beach all the time. You can still do those things. Just can't go out and drink. Can't go out to bars and restaurants. So there we go. I'd love to see an SEC HBCU showcase coming up in football, baseball, basketball, primarily football. It could be tough to get it done this year. But if you have socially distant stadiums where no fans are allowed, SEC schools at HBCUs, if not 2020, 21, 22, and beyond. A little flag face palm as we had somebody fly a banner over the NASCAR race in Talladega to fund NASCAR. Okay. thousand dollars to fly that banner got that type of money okay i always hear people complaining about they don't have any money and they're broke and can't afford this can't afford that except i always would see the mall packed always see sporting events packed you have money for what you want to have money for and you know the waving of the confederate flags at a nascar race in talladega embarrassing this is embarrassing you think you think they're gonna come out and go you're gonna get your flags back Think that's what's going to happen? You know, we have that going on here at Florida with the Gator Bait chant going on. Our ESPN Gainesville Facebook page looks like a Klan rally. Does I'm never going to stop saying it. Okay, you're going to be you're going to be that guy. Great. You know, my freedom of speech, not your freedom of speech. Good gracious, it's amazing how many people don't understand how this works. And I use the analogy, and I'll continue to use the analogy. The the taking away the the Confederate flag at a NASCAR race is like. You know, you've known this sport. You've been with this sport forever. It's like your wife changing her lipstick shade after 30 years. 
You're going to leave her? No, it's not what defines her. It's a part of her, but she changed it. Do we change looks over time? This is what's fascinating about it. It's tradition. Well, we don't look the same every year. I look different than I at 41. I look different than I did at 31. I look a lot different than I did at 21. I know I look a lot different now than I did at 11, 30, 20, 10 years ago. We change all the time. Change your diet. Change what you do. Change where you work. Change where you live. Change where you sleep. So we changed the channel of football game. So got rid of a flag at a sporting event. So it's tradition. Well, it's it's funny about this is the chant in a football game, right? Oh, it's tradition. Well, they changed the name of the field to Steve Spurrier Field a couple years ago here. They have a problem with that. They re-asphalt or they repaved the racetracks. They changed the fuel composition in cars. They redesigned the cars. It's amazing. Nobody throws a fit about those things. And those actually have impacts on the events. Those actually have impacts on the race. When they change the design, they change the oh, the engine, the combustion, everything that they change in these vehicles has an outcome on the race. Oh, you, you, know, you were speeding in the pits. We're going to dock you a lap. We're going to keep you back. That has an impact on the race. You could actually have a race and win it and run one more lap than everybody else because you got docked a lap. I, that, that actually affects the outcome of a race. Different rules, different regulations. They take away victories that not really an outcry but they took away a flag that you flew in the parking lot so you're gonna and then seeing people fly the confederate flag across from the venue in talladega alabama is the worst possible place that you could have this well maybe bristol maybe but come on it's just it's one of those things that's just embarrassing you look at it like oh my gosh you know like geez you look at like people's bumper stickers on their car or the Confederate flag to me is like somebody driving around with truck nuts. It's like, hey, get my truck nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Did you go to Harvard? Oh, no. Oh, shocking. No. All right. So there's that. It's just the flag. It's just a facepalm moment. It's like, oh, my God, what are you guys doing? Okay. Fly that Confederate flag. But I think it's funny. It's like, you're taking away tradition. That's not what defines the race. It's like the Gator Bait chant going on. It doesn't define the football program. Grow up. Finally, Brett Favre came out and compared Colin Kaepernick to Pat Tillman, which I'm sure the president of the United States is going to have a heart attack with when he finds out he's got to be exhausted. I mean, he gave a speech to dozens of people this weekend. So when he finds out, oh, my God, people are going to have a field day with this one. And Brett Favre compared is Colin Kaepernick's going to be a hero just like Pat Tillman. Oh, Pat Tillman died for this country. Colin Kaepernick depends on who you are. Different people are different heroes to different people, right? They are, depending on what walk of life you are on, what you do. I always try to make sure that I don't say that sports figures are heroes. They're great entertainers, but heroes? If you love theater, then William Shakespeare's a hero to you. Probably not much of a hero. I doubt, think about this, the people flying the Confederate flag across from the race today. Or this weekend. I'm going to go out on a limb and say they look at Dale Earnhardt more of a hero than William Shakespeare. Right? Depends on who you are. If you are a young African American growing up in this country, Rosa Parks is a hero to you. Martin Luther King's a hero to you. I doubt the people that are on our ESPN Gainesville Facebook page throwing a fit about their Gator Bait chant. I don't think too many of those 
check the box next to Malcolm X as a hero of theirs. So, is Pat Tillman a hero? Yes. Died fighting for his country. And save me the whole, well, he died. Hey, look, our military, our government covered it up. Let's not forget about that. Let's not forget about, oh, you can't come out. And, and this is where you got to be careful with this. He's a hero. Someone they, they th- Our own military and our own country thought enough of Pat Tillman to lie to the American people about how he died and his family about how he died for years. So be careful on this one. But Colin Kaepernick is a hero to certain people. He is. He's a hero to George Floyd's family. He's a hero to a lot of young African-American men in this country. That's fine. Different people matter more to different people, don't they? So Brett Favre said this, and people are going to compare him. Pat Tillman died for his country. All that Colin Kaepernick did was take a knee. Well, okay then. Be careful when you call somebody a hero that makes a shot in basketball. Because If the bar, and I remember this a couple years ago when Caitlyn Jenner, what do you know, the ESPYs, right? What do you know? It's like five years ago. The Caitlyn Jenner won the Profiles and Courage Award. And people gave, oh, this military person should have won or the whatever the war. I don't know what the award is. But Caitlyn Jenner received the award, the Courage Award. Oh, this military individual had both legs blown off and this person did this and this person did this. Well, if that's the case, then the only people that are ever going to win any award or be honored are people that have been hurt in battle. You can't compare to that. You signed up to defend yourself or defend our country. You volunteered. You lost a part of you. Nobody will ever win except somebody in the military. Which, if you want to do that, that's fine. But then you're never going to have anybody else that wins or is honored. So let's take a step back when it comes to some of these things. Again, Colin Kaepernick's a hero. To certain people, he is. He may not be to you, but he is to certain people. He took a stance, was willing to risk his career to do it, and it cost him the prime of his career. People point to the parallels with he and Ali depends on where you feel on an issue socially. It does. So, again, Pat Tillman compared to Colin Kaepernick, it depends what your plight in life is. It depends on where you live. It depends on where you grow up. But the fact that Brett Favre says Colin Kaepernick's going to be a hero, like Pat Tillman's a hero, take a step back before you get angry about that. Depends on your perspective, right? I understand why people look at Pat Tillman more of a hero than Colin Kaepernick, but I also understand why some people look at Colin Kaepernick as more of a hero than Pat Tillman. I can take a step back and look at both of those things. So there you go. Again, Seth Harp, uh, The Bar, Harp on Sports Podcast, Harp on Sports Audio, uh, Radio and Media Network. I'm going to be hosting all week long, noon to two. Uh, in Gainesville here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM WRUF. I'm going to share the video. We, uh, Facebook Live it. Uh, you can hear it on the web, WRUF.com or the WRUF radio app. So all week long, going to be quite the little showcase and showdown. And we're also doing something pretty, pretty neat on the radio station. My first big feature here is the program director. Uh, we are going to run the five biggest wins of the Dan Mullen era the last two years. So Dan Mullen's been the head football coach of Florida for two years. We're going to run his five biggest wins in his time in Gainesville, starting off with his win in 2018 against Mississippi State on Monday. So that whole lineup will be coming out on our ESPN Gainesville platform as well. So in case you haven't done it yet, 
follow, share, like at Harp on Sports Twitter, at Harp on Sports Instagram, Harp on Sports Facebook page, HarpOnSports.com, the YouTube channel. Um, here we are, final week of July or final week of June. And no one pushed the summer away that quickly. Uh, but you can go back and you can listen to this as well. Uh, the podcast available on Buzzsprout, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. So there you go. Enjoy what's left of your weekend. Look forward to chatting with you in the middle of the week here. Again, this has been Seth Harp from Harp on Sports on the Harp on Sports Media Podcast and Audio Network.